We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live, in-game odds on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our Detroit Lions versus the Cincinnati Bengals final review. We're going to talk about the game in more detail, talk about the quarterback situation, and we also talk about some of the QBs in the draft coming up this year. Should the Detroit Lions draft a QB or wait another year for a top prospect to come out? Find out all in episode 202 of the Pride Podcast. seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in! Jared Goldberg! Yes! Touchdown Detroit Lions! DJ Hawkinson, yes! they did it! They tied it! They're an extra point away from winning this game! Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to episode 202 of the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode and all our episodes are sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Malcolm, Underdog Fantasy has not been treating you well. No peer with us today. We'll get into that in a little bit. But Malcolm, how's Underdog Fantasy been treating you lately? I know it hasn't been treating you too well. <laughs> Like, I'll have a parlay, and, like, two out of my three will hit. And I just, like, having this week, I haven't got a W this week. So it's been yeah. rough, but it's all right, man. I'm going yeah. to keep rolling. Promo code PRIDEPOD. If you use promo code PRIDEPOD, you get $10 back on your first deposit of $10 or more. So free money. Go use them on the pickums. I had some a little more luck on the pickums. So I, I told you Jamar Chase was my favorite over this week. He he went over. It was like 70-some, 70 77 yards, I believe. He got like 90-some. So he went over, and then 
Thursday night, I ate up on Thursday night football with Tampa Bay and, and Eagles. So that was nice. So I ended up winning a $90 parlay. And right now, as we're talking about recording this, the, the app is down, but you know, it should be up by the time you guys are listening to this. So I can't check on my Monday night, you know, updates right now. But as I last checked, it's looking positive and we can make some more money today. So go use promo code PRIDEPOD, $10 back on your first deposit of $10. Free money again. All right. With that being said, we have some laundry to, to you know, to talk about. You guys are probably wondering, where, where is Pierre been? Pierre hasn't been on an episode since Minnesota Vikings preview. So, you know, Vikings postgame, he wasn't here. Bengals pregame, he wasn't here. Uh, Bengals postgame, he wasn't here as of right now. And uh, he's going to miss the rest of this week. So Pierre actually had surgery this week. He's fine. He's good. He's not fired. I mean, you know, if you have you had those speculations, he's not fired. He's good. He'll be back very soon. Uh, just his voice isn't 100% right now. That's why he's not joining us right now. But everything is good for Pierre. He's just res- resting right now. So he'll be back with us very soon. Um, and, you know, I think he dodged a bullet not talking about this game, that that, that pitiful <laughs> Detroit Lions and Cincinnati Bengals game. So, yeah, Pierre will be back with us most likely next week to probably recap the Lions and Rams game. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how the team stands at that point. So, yeah, Pierre will be back probably next week. Yes, sir. Can't wait, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, we miss Pierre, man. Pierre, uh, Pierre's a big part of our show, and, you know, it just hasn't been the same with him the last couple episodes. You know, me and Malcolm trying to hold it down. We try. But we're, we're, at, we're definitely missing that one piece to that puzzle right now, and that's, that's Pierre right now. So he'll be joining us very soon. So. All right. Let's get into Detroit Lions, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yep. We did a uh, raw emotions, like just like we always have done for the rest, you know, from this whole season. We've done the Spotify green rooms. And that Spotify green room was it was an interesting one. I would say a very interesting one. Like if if you guys are interested in like raw emotions, just raw uncut footage, I definitely recommend that because that was as raw as it gets. I mean, I had a pizza delivery in the middle of our pod. Uh, you, you got a little you got a little opinion from my pizza man. He he asked how the Lions game went. It just yeah, it was very raw and uncut. So if if you if you're into that stuff definitely recommend it and if you guys are interested in that stuff you guys could join us live on sundays we uh, also take you guys's calls or you know you guys could hop on stage wherever it is on spotify green room so malcolm you know you, you rewatched yes, some of the game you told me you didn't rewatch it all but you told me you rewatched some of it i can't blame you for not finishing the game uh, but for, from it, it, it wasn't that's not the reason why i just got tied up you know <laughs> mondays is mondays is ridiculous for me people you know a lot of people i know i do a lot of boxing on, on mondays so you know, after work and trying to, you know, trying to watch it, you know, while working, it, it, it got, it got hectic. Um, so I didn't get to finish it. You didn't miss much. I mean, you, you saw what you had to see in, in that. I saw, you know, I saw the good things in the first half. I didn't get to watch the second half, which, which would have showed a lot of negative. But, um, I mean, I already know what the second half looked like, man. Just, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a mental, just... You know, just just thinking about it, laying down, thinking about it. I already know what went down in the second half. Okay, then what did you see differently? Because, uh, I mean, yesterday there wasn't – I said there was a couple of positives. I thought the defense was a positive. We said keeping yes. the Cincinnati Bengals to 10 points at the half, and, and for the most part, seven points because the field goal was like one of the last possessions of that first half. So for the most part of that first half, only giving up that one touchdown, um, it was a terrible coverage by Jalen Reeves. Maybe he got – killed on that juke move by Chris Evans and 
it was a, a walk and touchdown for Chris Evans. But overall, I thought the defense was really good in that first half. So what, what differences from did you see from the initial eye test to watching the first half of uh, the, that game? So the big thing with watching the second time, I didn't get to – I guess we didn't get to really highlight how good a, this certain player played yesterday. And this player I'm talking about is Derek Barnes. And you know we raved about him, and we we were excited when he was able to get that start when Jamie Collins got released, you know. But this this he balled out. I'm talking about balled out. He played at an elite level yesterday. You know, he had six total tackles. I mean, he just was all over the field. And the crazy part is, is that he only had a limited snaps. He didn't. He wasn't the leading. I guess the leading um snap of of our linebackers. He only had 32 total snaps. Um, which is not it's not not much, man. This this kid needs to play a lot more. We saw him in coverage. Ball, he, he did a phenomenal job of coverage. Whenever you know there was a handoff or somebody caught a pass, he was always around the ball. Derek Barnes is the future of this team. He's the anchor, future anchor of this team, and this is something that everybody should be excited about. And uh, I didn't give him uh, him enough praise initially when they came out because. When I first saw the game, I I saw him sometimes, but I was so damn mad about Jared Goff. Like, it kind of blocked me out of it. It kind of blocked me out of it. So I didn't get to really see and notice. I mean, I, I saw the, the the pass he tipped um, with the, against the tight end, but he balled out. He was phenomenal. So everybody should definitely be excited about Derek Barnes, man. I think some other guys you should be excited for, and I mentioned it a little bit in our last episode, is, still, is those guys in the interior, man. Uh, when Nick Williams went down and Levi Onzerike got a little bigger of a role, I was impressed. I thought he was a disruptor. As soon as he came in that game, was making an impact already for that defensive line. And, you know, I would say the veterans of this defensive line going inside, like I know I've been giving a lot of shit to Trey Flowers, and I, I still stand with that opinion. I, I'm still going to give a lot of shit to Trey Flowers. But another, I think some other guys have been kind of disappointing this year. Michael Brockers and Nick Williams. You know, I didn't really have much expectations for Nick Williams, but Michael Brockers I did expect to have, have a bigger role in this team, a bigger impact, I should say, on this team than he than he's done so far. I've been uh, more impressed with the younger guys as far as the interior defensive linemen. Guys like Ali McNeil, you're one making a big impact already as a, as a starter, getting a, a majority of snaps as a starter at that nose tackle position. I think he's been very good in the run game and even getting pressure at times and just eating up uh, those you know offensive linemen and helping, up, helping out his other defensive linemen to help get to the quarterback. I think he's been a great disruptor. Uh, Levi Enrique, I just mentioned, he, I think he's been really good in the limited snap guns he's gotten. And then another guy we have to shout out a little bit that we didn't know he would even make the team. And you've always been really high on this guy. And I've always liked him, but I think he's been a little better than expected. John Penasini. I think every time he's in the game, I think he's another guy just being a good disruptor. Um, I think when him and McNeil are in the game together, it, it's very difficult to run on them. I mean, you're losing a little more pass rush and a little more athleticism. But, you know, the, those guys... Those three guys, they've really impressed me so far this season. And I saw some positives in, in that game specifically, and especially in that first half, you know, when, when the Lions defense was playing really good, you know, they were flying all over the field. And I'm giving a big shout out to those three guys. And obviously 55 as well. Derek Barnes had a big impact. And then, you know, we gave some shout out to the, the corners yesterday. I thought Jerry Jacobs had a pretty good game. Amani Awarie has been very solid for this football team. You know, I think he's had his moments. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's it's a good defense. I mean, not a good defense, but you see 
like positives. You, you see growth from these guys, and that's definitely a positive. Holding that Cincinnati Bengals to 10 points in the first half, that's impressive. That's impressive. I know the final score looks like our defense got sharded on, and it, it looked like it was a, it was just a bad game on defense. But you have to actually watch the game, I think, to really evaluate the defense because the numbers are not going to look good. But as far as those guys fighting their asses off, and and I, I called out the energy of the team uh, yesterday in our live show. I said the energy of the team was just so flat to me. You know, you started off the game with two penalties. You had, like, the false start. You had the holding call. And I just felt like the energy was kind of gone. And offensively, they never got that energy going. And that's what really disappointed me when your coach gives you a speech like that the week before after a heartbreaking loss. I wanted to see some energy throughout the whole team. I think the defense responded to the message. The offense definitely needs, which we'll get into. They need to respond a little bit more. But the defense, I think you could agree with me. They responded to Dan Campbell and that message he was going. Because they were they were playing their asses off. They, they, there was no give up on that defense until that second half. It's just when it felt like you had no chance at all when your offense is averaging 2.6 yards, like how do you have any emotion? How do you have any motivation to keep going as far as the defense? It's going to break down eventually when your offense is just not staying on the field. So, like I said, you even put a below average offense because this offense isn't even below average. This offense fucking sucks. If I think if you put a below <laughs> average offense, I think this defense statistically looks so much better than it is right now. So I, I'm giving my kudos to the defense. I'm giving my kudos to Aaron Glenn because I think he's just been in a, a phenomenal addition uh, to, phenomenal. The, to the staff. Aubrey Pleasant, I think he's doing wonders with these DBs. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, so I, and, you know, I'm going to give some credit to the, the linebackers coach, Mark DeLeon, I believe his name is, and um, Calvin Shepard, inside linebackers coach. Everyone, everyone in the defensive staff, you're getting a good noodle board. You're on the good noodle board right now. Offensively, we're going to talk about that. But the defense, I've been impressed. Yeah, man. For, you know, AP to get Jerry Jacobs up to speed and for him to get him ready to be a starter in the NFL, this guy was an undrafted free agent, an undrafted rookie. And for him to get him ready to be a starter and playing well, Jerry Jacobs, he had two straight games in a row, guys. He's playing well. And he had a very tough task this week. He saw he saw um, Jamar Chase. He j- saw Jamar Chase a lot, and he held Higgins. his own. Tyler Boyd, yeah. that's a good receiver. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. He, he saw a mixture of all three of those guys, and he held his own. Yeah, you could talk about the play he gave up. Um, you know what was that? The third quarter when he gave up that big play to um, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah. But besides that, man, he held his own. So that's a big. Big kudos to this coaching staff, man. And this is what I was excited about is having a great coaching staff to make guys who are average to make them good or great, you know. And this is what this coaching defensive coaching staff is doing. Um, Aaron Glenn is also, man. I mean, I hope we don't lose this guy next year because he probably is sparking a lot of head coaching opportunities. Um, just, just seeing – you know, what this defense is doing, what he's do- able to do with this defense that has nothing but young players. Nothing but young players. And he is getting the best out of these guys. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. 
the excitement of when Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, Gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and many more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sports, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I got a question for you, Malcolm. I got a question. Yeah. So Lions got all this draft capital, right? We, we, we've been talking about the draft capital, draft capital. We have all this ammo uh, to do whatever in the offseason, and especially in this NFL draft. And I think the whole narrative of the offseason, I would even say the whole narrative of the first game and even the second game, everyone's like, we have to go full on defense in, in these first, second, third rounds. Like, like day one, day two just has to be focused on defense. Do you think the narrative has changed at all? No. I mean, yes, yes. I, I don't think we have to necessarily go all on defense for the first, second, third round. I mean, I don't mind getting a, you know, if we do have the number one overall pick and we do grab that guy from from Oregon, you know? And, yeah. And now you have an elite pass rusher, you know? I don't mind that. But maybe him, maybe a, another... Could be another linebacker, maybe. I don't know. But I think from what we have, I think they're solid. And they're playing their ass off. Maybe another corner we might need. I don't know. Let's see how free agent comes out. You know, maybe we could get a guy in free agency. But we need help offensively. We need help offensively bad. 
like bad. This is like we need we need a premier receiver. We need a guy. We yeah. need a possibly a number one, number one option. And we can't afford to try to get a guy late. Like we got a Amon Rossi Brown and hope that he could be that number one guy. We need to grab a guy first or second round um, to really help whoever's our quarterback. I don't know who our quarterback is going to be, but whoever's our quarterback, we need a receiver to help him out. Because yeah. right now this this ain't it. This, is, this ain't it. So I'll say this. I think the defense still needs some help, obviously. Like, I'm not trying to hear – I'm not here to say this This defense is great. Or I would even no. say it's good right now. I, like, I think it's it's getting to a point where we could be average is the upside right now. With this group of guys, which is fine, which is exceeding expectations. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it just shows – and you've been mentioning in the offseason, like, you get a good coaching staff and what they could do with, you know, maybe not guys who are highly thought of or below average talent or even average talent. And you could just kind of see an elevator of their game. I think that's a positive that, that you're seeing elevation from guys that were just afterthoughts almost, or guys that were just were never highly thought of like a Jerry Jacobs. Like he wasn't even supposed to make the team and Bro, he, I he was started. Terif- enough. I was terrified. And uh, just just thinking that he could potentially be a starter. Remember we talk about it? I was yeah. like, oh, you know, him or Bobby Price. If if they're ever on the starting, if they're ever starting, this is this is bad. This is not a good situation. Yeah. But look, he is shoot. Like I don't even know what you do when these guys who are injured and guys who are on IR come back. What do you like? I don't even know what you do to say okay, because Jerry Jacobs, I. I've seen more out of Jerry Jacobs than I've seen from Jeff Okuda. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to, the two games, all, all Jeff Okuda last year and week one, I've I seen more. And him coming off an Achilles injury, I don't see a situation that you say, okay, Jeff Okuda, you're automatically going to be the, our number one starter. And Jerry Jacobs, you're going to ride the bench. I just don't, I don't know. He He's playing starter level. He's playing at a, at a starter level, which is, for an undrafted guy, man, that's AP, man. With a pass rush that is developing and I think is getting better, but it's still not average yet. Like, it's it's getting better, the pass rush. They're getting to the quarterback more often than years previous, but those <laughs> those defenses that we're, we're talking about are historically bad, like historically bad in the NFL. So I think it's still a very below average, you know, front as far as getting to the quarterback, but I think there is room for improvements. And you're just kind of seeing the work that these corners are doing with, I would say, below average, you know, front four as far as getting to the quarterback. And, you know, the, the amount of work that these guys are putting in and playing well, no, I mean, it, it, that's definitely a positive. It's like now you think of a scenario, it's like, what if we figure out the pass rush and we actually get some legit dogs? What if we get KVD on Thibodeau and we have Romeo Cora on him on two sides? Like, I mean, th- that could be very scary. Like, h- how much more could these, you know, corners elevate even their game more when, when you know, there's less time in the pocket for quarterbacks to to make these reads to, you know, these receivers? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to make our – when we rush four, it's going to be serious. It's going to be yeah. a serious rush four. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some pressures, man. Um, you know, Julian Cora had three pressures. Charles Harris had three pressures. Trey Flowers has two pressures. And yeah. then, like, our interior, like, you know, Malin McNeil – um, had one. Austin Bryant had one. Nick Williams had one. Man, Austin Bryant had a sack too. Austin Bryant did have a sack. Um, Austin Bryant had a sack, and Julian Okora had a sack. Who that sack looked a- a- amazing from Julian Okora. 
it was a com- great play call by Aaron Glenn. He had him mm-hmm. completely unblocked. Didn't even get touched. Jalen Carr is too fast for that. Yeah, <laughs> that not, was. A, I I haven't seen us get a sack like that in a while. It's been a long time since we just had a guy coming free off the off the ball and just free just get a sack like that. I've seen us give up sacks like that. Oh yeah, that's that's that happens all the time. <laughs> um, but man, I, I just want to bring up. I know you talked about Trey Flowers a little bit, but let's talk. I just want to bring up Trey Flowers, man. Like, what a like he's just been a disappointment as far as like what we're paying him and what he's doing on the field. Like from what I saw, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but when I watched the first half, I didn't rewatch, see it. rewatch. You watched, rewatched. The whole game. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I watched the whole game. Yeah. When I tried, when I rewatched the first half, I didn't see this brother get double teamed once. He didn't get double teamed once. And this was a guy when we first got him, we were like, oh, yeah, Trey Flowers get double teamed. And then the other people can't get pressure. Yeah. He is him against a tackle every play. And this he, he's not winning. For sick for what we're paying this guy, 16 million, to give him two to only pull up two pressures, one hit, one hurry. Come on, Trey. You gotta be he has to be he has to play better. He has to play better, man. This, I, th- I think we, got, I think we got to take him out of that outside linebacker position. I think it's time for a position switch for Trey Flowers. I think I've just seen enough from him in that outside linebacker spot. He's obviously not athletic and fast enough to to go back into coverage when they when they need him to. I don't know. I, I what's your thoughts on that? Maybe maybe uh, pushing him inside. No, absolutely not. Like Trey Flowers, I would push Trey Flowers inside on passing downs, third and long, fourth and long. Put Trey Flowers inside all day. It is what it is. You put Trey Flowers against a guard. Trey Flowers only two sixty. I don't you put know him you against him. What do you do him, with You him? put him against a guard. He's going to get. That's they're going to. You think they're running on this now? Put Trey Flowers in the interior. I know. On I know. On, on on rushing downs, they're going to rush right to his side, go big and just power his ass. I just think it's more of a liability. <laughs> like you got to. I, I don't know. I just don't see. I don't think he's valuable outside. I think the guys behind him are so much. You know, they bring so much more juice and more impact to the team. When Austin Bryan's out there, I feel more confident we're going to get to the quarterback or pressure the quarterback or disrupt the quarterback. When Charles Harris is out there, I feel more confident. When Julian Aquar is out there, I feel more confident. When Trey Flowers is out there, I just feel like a dead man just fighting with the offensive linemen. It's just it's not going anywhere, man. It's just I mean, it's that's what's going to be. I mean, Dan Campbell, he has – I mean, he he sees what we see. There's no way that he feels like – Trey Flowers is better than any of those guys right now. Exactly. He's getting paid way more than those guys. Which, he didn't, which as, they didn't pay him, obviously. That was Bob yeah, Quinn. And that Bob was Bob, that, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. This is a different role for Trey Flowers. He he never been a stand-up linebacker in the NFL. Yeah. So they're asking to be a stand-up linebacker. But in reality, these guys, other guys, Julian Accor, Charles Harris, Austin, even Austin Bryant, they're better stand-up linebackers than Trey Flowers right now. I agree. So I think they have to just sit Trey Flowers down. And be like, hey man, I know you make sixteen million, but we're gonna have to reduce your role, big dog. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was saying that when he was injured. You remember, I was saying I, I I'm completely fine if he's not a starter anymore, and he's just in a very reduced role. Yeah, just say, look, we're gonna put you in on passing downs, third, third and nine, third and eight, third and ten, and have you rush from the inside. But it's not working out, big dog. I mean, Julian Aquar Julian Aquar deserves way more steps than he's getting right now. Like, 
him in coverage is pitiful. It's, it's damn right. He's damn right, man. He's not athletic right. enough. He's not athletic enough. It's damn right terrible. He's seeing him in coverage. Hmm. But um, even even passing, like I'm trying to just rush the quarterback. It's just it's not it's not it right now, man. You need to you need to get your guys who are going to put that pressure, who's going to stop those runs and make those big plays, man. He, right now, you're just not doing it. Yeah. But this is tough to say. Okay, you're going to make 16 million. But we're gonna reduce your snaps to twenty-five. <laughs> you I know mean, that's that's, that's you got, crazy. You got, you got to do what's best for the team right now. I, I mean, I think you just got to take out the contracts and what the guy's making right now, and you just got to go with who's playing the best right now and who who gives you the best shot of winning. And and frankly, I think Trey Flowers is your worst outside linebacker. Yes, because I mean, and it's it's it's, it's kind of sucks for Trey Flowers because I mean, I mean, I don't know because you know he's been making all this money and he never lived up to his contract. Yeah. But he has a new role. I mean, they they tell him, you know, you're gonna be an outside linebacker now. So they gave him a brand new position. But it's just he just this this is not him. He's not an outside linebacker. Yeah. He's just not. This is not his position. He's not an outside linebacker. I mean, even and, going even going back to like when he was in the system that he was comfortable with, like he wasn't much <laughs> much for us either. No. He's never he's never done to the contract. It's not I told like, you, he never lived up to his yeah, contract. That's, that's what I'm saying. 16, it's not like, yeah, sixteen million. It's not like we paid him. He was a baller in the Patriots scheme, and it obviously just didn't work out. He wasn't even good in that. I mean, he, he was better in that system, but he wasn't, you know, near like like he didn't live up to the expectation, like you mentioned. And then now in this scheme, is even worse. Yeah, I mean, which was expected. I think. I think we expected a little bit drop off in this system compared to the last system, just because, you know, I don't know. I I I didn't expect much of it. I I, I don't I didn't know. I actually had hope that this coaching staff will bring out the best out of these players. Like, look, look at Charles Harris. Who the fuck was Charles Harris before he came to the Lions? You know, he is bringing, AG's bringing out the best out of these guys, except Trey Flowers. But Trey is, like, is what he is, man. Like, he's just not meant for the system. Like, the, I mean, the, this system is meant for athleticism and some speed. You yeah. saw that with Charles Harris. Charles Harris has some of that juice. AP has some of that juice. Julian yeah. Aquara, we always knew it has that, that raw athletic talent. And just, could he develop some pass rush move? That's – that. like, those guys had some upside. With, with Trey Flowers, it's just like outside of stopping the run on the edges, which he hasn't even been as good as he has been, like, as he was, uh, outside of that, it's just like I, I never – saw much of an upside with him with this new system with Glenn. But even um Romeo. Even Romeo is not used to being an outside linebacker. But he has some like speed and some like more athleticism than Flowers. Like you saw some potential with it. Well the, yeah Trey Flowers I think he ran like a four nine. Yeah he's, he's not he, he's not he's your typical enough. Patriots hands in the dirt defensive end. Yeah. That's just him. I think they have I mean I think this is I know Dan Campbell said in his presser that he's looking to make changes all around. Anything. I think I think the Trey Flowers move is something that he definitely has to look at and evaluate and say, look, brother, you taking 47 of our snaps right now that we could be giving to these young dogs right now. You didn't have to pull it back on them. I mean, if the other guys weren't performing, if the other guys were just struggling as much, I understand keeping Trey Flowers. But it's like these guys behind him, if anything, he's stunting the growth of them because he's taking snaps away when he's – been so unproductive for this team and, and when those guys get the opportunity he's been very productive you know i mean th- those guys have been productive yeah. when they've taken a spot it's not like we don't have a guy right now we have multiple guys that are hungry and ready t- to fill in for trey flowers and have yeah. been better when he's been out Austin bryant's a big example right now he only had 26 snaps this is a guy that 
he could be given more snaps to. He also takes give, advantage of his snaps. Whenever he's he, in the game, he takes advantage of his snaps. Twenty six. He, he had twenty six snaps. He got one pressure, one sack. Yeah. You know, this, this is a guy that you possibly need to say, okay, Trey Flowers, we're gonna lower you down a bit. There's up increase Austin Bryant more. Hell, give more more to Julian, even though Julian had thirty three um, snaps, but he needs to be up there, man. He he's a phenomenal player right now, man. Yeah. And I think he's getting better every single game. All right. We talked about this defense now. We saw some positives. We talked about Trey Flowers. Oh, no. I, don't tell me you're going to talk about the offense. I, I would even pay Trey Flowers a minimum wage contract right now. But <laughs> That's messed up. A bit of a wage? Minimum wage, no. I'm not paying him uh, wage. <laughs> he's a liability. I don't want him on my defense. <laughs> I, I would be okay if he's making $60 million more on his couch than on our defense. Oh, man. this That would just... <sighs> this is why you pay guys who you kind of know who's going to come in and contribute. Trey Flowers is a guy like, all right, he played well with the Patriots. He was a high-pressure guy. Hopefully Never. he comes here and balls out, you know? But shit, man. God damn. It goes our way, man. It just never goes our way. We can never have anything nice. We're so excited about Trey Flowers, too. Oh, it's super excited, dude. It looked like that that that, that free agency class in general. It's like we got Jesse James. He's going to he's gonna pair up with TJ. Well, we didn't know we had TJ Hawkins at the time. But we, we got Jesse James. We got like we got the number one Steelers tight end. What a waste of money, Jesse James. Oh, my Lord. Got Justin Coleman. We got a high-paid nickel corner. Uh, who else do we pay that offseason? There's another guy. I said uh, Trey Flowers. Wasn't was was um, Danny uh, Amendola? Amendola, Amendola was like the – yeah, I was say who was like that day one free agency? Amendola, he, he was good. He played to his contract. Yeah, he did. Definitely, man. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this offense. So, oh, guys, Lord. Of oh, guys not up to their contract right now. Uh, oh, we mentioned – Goof. Uh, did, did you take away anything different from watching Jared Goof the, the first and second time? <laughs> Oh shoot! All right, so Jared Goff, goof, Jared Jared goofball, <laughs> goof goofball. <laughs> this is this is this is a you know state of emergency for Detroit right now. This is a state of emergency for the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, and I will be the first to admit it. I was absolutely wrong about this guy. Don't laugh, god damn it. Don't laugh. Don't laugh, Tyler. I was you're wrong. Trying to, you're trying to sell me on him. <laughs> I tried to sell you on him. I tried to sell you the hope saying, you know, maybe maybe we could revive. He could revive his career and be the 2018 Jared Goff. He could be the Jared Goff that when they played the the Chiefs, he put up like 50-something points. Everybody was like, wow, look at Jared Goff. <laughs> I was hoping that maybe he could revive his career. But damn it, it's been, it's been a trip. <laughs> It's been a train wreck. This is terrible. God damn. <laughs> oh, so just watching this game is I will say this. He he did have some moments. He wasn't a hundred percent bad. He was like ninety-eight point five. I was gonna say, what are these moments? I will say, okay, so the moment as far as like when he hit TJ Hawkinson in in the, in the seam route down the field, that was that was like all right, cool, Jared Goff. I mean, it, but there was like thousand bad plays before that um his interception that he threw when he threw it to Amon Rossi Brown I was gonna say that's probably his best throw of the game it, no, no I would say the seam route to TJ Hawkins was probably the best route in the game okay but um that throw he threw to Amon Rossi Brown was he got picked off which 100% wasn't his fault no I'll say those were his his two moments 
in that game. Every single other thing after that was just a, a train wreck. And it's just, it boils down to, Jared Goff, what are you doing? Um, on third downs, he's not throwing the ball past 10 yards. He's, he's, he's throwing the ball um, eight, seven, eight yards and, and wants the receiver or tight end to make a play to get the first down. There was a play on, on fourth and was a fourth and fourth and eight, I think it was. Yeah. Fourth and eight. And he threw it away. And he threw the ball away. And then he admitted that he thought that it was a it was third down and they could just punt it. Because Wait, he saw the flag. He, he, saw, he said that? He said that. He said that, bro. So he thought when he when the ref threw the flag, because he saw when he started rolling out, after he missed um Hodge and Swift right in front of his face, after mm-hmm. he missed them completely. Yeah. He, he rolled out. When yeah. that happened, in my head, I was like, all right, this play is dead. <laughs> it was this moment I saw him roll out, I was like, oh, this, this is either going to end up as an incomplete, a strip sack, or you can get picked off. One, mm-hmm. one of these things are going to happen right now. I didn't think he was going to throw the ball out of bounds, but he did. <laughs> he threw the ball out of bounds, and he, he admitted that, look, he thought it was third down, and he thought that they could just punt it away because he saw the flag. So it was an error, it was an error on his end. But it's just, just shit like that, man. It's just shit like that. I mean, that's well. just inexcusable. <laughs> it is, man. And it's just been bad, man. And I wonder how much of it is Jared Goff as far as because, like, he, I didn't realize until Dan Campbell actually came out and said, and he actually tried to defend Jared Goff. He said that a lot of it is the receivers running the wrong routes. So I'm not sure how much of that is playing a factor into Jared Goff playing like doo-doo, but he's not it right now, man. Like, I can't honestly think of a worse starting quarterback in the NFL right now that's playing worse than Jared Goff. As far as not looking at the stats, because you look at the stats, you're like, all right, his stats is, well, he has four interceptions, seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns, so seven, eight. He touchdowns? I don't remember. He, he, I don't care about his stats, dude. He stinks. I, exactly. You, you <laughs> if you look at his stats, you're like, all right, it's not that bad. But you just got to watch this guy and watch what he's doing. It has – it's been pitiful. It's been downright terrible. I mean, the only argument you could probably make as far as who's playing worse is probably 98-year-old Big Ben. Um, but besides that, I don't – and Ben, I think Ben is playing better than him. But is this yeah, been, that, that's that's the only game. I, that's the only name I can I could give you. I said maybe Zach Wilson or no. Or Zach Man. Wilson is playing better. Zach Wilson throws the ball downfield. He does. He does. He he's not. He's not. He's not scared of it. Of throwing. Of making a mistake. Yeah. You know. Sometimes you gotta learn to burn, and that's what these rookies are doing right now. They're like, shit. You're open. <laughs> Here you go. But yeah, man, Jared Goff. He just his, his mistakes is coming crucial, man. Is and is honestly holding this offense back, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I think it's crazy, man, because we were supposed to get through the season with Jared Goff, no problems. Like, we, we were supposed to just look at Jared Goff. At the very least, is like, this guy is serviceable, probably not our franchise quarterback. I'm saying this is the bare minimum. This guy is, like, just not our franchise quarterback. He's an afterthought after 2023. But we're at the point where I would say – I'm not going to necessarily say half the fan base, but it might be half the fan base. Once this guy benched after week six. No, I think it's more than half. It's way more than half of the fan base that wants to bench. It's way more than half. I'm I'm out on golf. I've been out on golf since we traded for him. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm out on the idea, though, of 
starting David Blau. I think that's just a terrible idea. I, I think it's a terrible idea. You know what? I'll tell you this, man. I was so depressed last night. After just thinking about Jared Goff, I was so in a depressed state that I was like, you know what? Let me let me go back and watch some of David Blau when he was what a starter. And what did you pick up from that? It was more exciting than goddamn Jared Goff. That's what I picked up from it. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. I, I look back at most of his throws. He wasn't scared to throw the ball down the field. We all saw that. Um, he was a guy who, when pressure came you know, around him, he would step up in the pocket and still try to make throws. It was definitely more exciting. It actually reminded me because even when that when we lost Stafford and we were losing those games, I remember saying, man, we lost, but shit, this was kind of exciting. David Blau put up a fight. Some of it, some of it yeah. Yeah, I remember saying David Blau put up a fight. I think you could only say that about for one game. I think Jeff Driscoll gave you more of a fight than David Blau, though. I mean, I, yeah, he did. Most of those games were Jeff Driscoll. Like the Cowboys game, I think you're thinking of, that was Jeff Driscoll. That was Driscoll. That Washington football team game, it wasn't very exciting, but that was Jeff Driscoll. But I know the game we got hurt. The, the game we played, the, the Packers, that was exciting. Packers, Packers. Um, Was that Blau or Driscoll? No, that was Blau, man. It was Blau, okay. Yeah. But this is this watching, and the thing is, David oh, Blau. Week 17, week 17, you're thinking of. Yeah. Yes. David Blau never wowed me with his arm because he doesn't have an arm. I think he actually has a noodle arm, to be honest with you. Like, even when he throws a deep ball, it kind of just sails, <laughs> you know? But he's just not scared. To, he's not going to be a check down zombie, you know? And he's not going to be scared to throw the ball downfield, even with his noodle arm. That's crazy. So, are you in the camp? Star David Blau? Right now, I, I, I want to give up on golf just yet. And this is, I sound insane saying that. Maybe see, I mean, I think Dan Campbell has to exhaust all his options before he pulls the plug on Jared Goff. He, gots to, he has to do everything in his power to try to make Jared Goff better. And if all those fails, if Dan Campbell does everything and, you know, Anthony Lynn, they do everything to make this as easy as possible for Jared Goff. And he still sucks ass. You have to pull the trigger at that point. But I think we're in weeks going to week seven. I'm going to week seven. Uh, I mean, I don't, I just I, I still think it's kind of early. I do too. It, it's kind of early to pull the plug on him and just say, "Look, you're going to be benched. You sucked for these first six weeks. This is, is we're going to bench you." You know, I think you have to give him more of a chance. It, it, it hurts for me to say that because yeah. he's been damn right terrible, man. But I know. You just can't pull. The, I mean, you just can't pull the plug on a guy that that early. I know it's just a funny scenario. It's it's a ninety nine percent chance it's not gonna happen. But a funny ass scenario. I'm just thinking on the top of my head because we played LA Rams this week, right? Yeah. You, you know what that means? Jared Goff's former team. Matthew Stafford playing the Detroit Lions, right? You think he's gonna ball out? No, 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 no. I think the funny ass story would be is if Jared Goff got benched this week when he goes back to LA healthy. <laughs> he's on the sideline watching the Lions Rams game. And David Blau is starting, but as Jared Goff is healthy. That would be some shit. That would be a story for you. That would be some shit. That would be crazy. Jared yeah. Goff healthy, but he's the backup quarterback for the game in yeah, LA. He'll feel like shit. That'll suck. Yes. And Matthew, and say Matthew Severs cooking too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think the only way Blau 
No, yeah, the only way Blau will go in a game right now is if something happened to Jared Goff and he got hurt. Then you'll see David Blau. But I just don't – I still think it's too early for them to pull the plug. They have to They have to feel like they exhaust everything. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's, just, it's, it's, it's been a train wreck, man, and it is holding us back. As much as good as our defense played yesterday, holding the Cincinnati Bengals in that high-powered offense to 10 points in the first half – I mean, we we think about it. We think about it. They scored on their first drive. They scored on the Cincinnati Bengals scored a touchdown in the first half, in their first drive. That was a touchdown to um, the running back, Chris Evans, Chris former, Evans. Wolver- former Wolverine. Former Wolverine. All right. So they gave up a touchdown on the Cincinnati Bengals first drive. They held them to three damn points all the way to halftime. After that, mm-hmm. so this defense. I mean, this is not the same defense where you see in the past where it's like we can't stop nobody. Everybody's just running, doing whatever they want to us. Yeah. Um, these guys are causing stops. They're, they're forcing stops. They're making turnovers, which is shit. I mean, we'll just talk about one last time we got an interception. I know. And look at three games in the got what three, four games in a row. Since he got an interception, um, versus um, Minnesota got an interception. Yeah, Alex Anzalone. Yeah. For Chicago, got an interception. For Baltimore, four straight games. Four straight games. Look at that. I mean, this last, is some... last game before that Baltimore game was the week before Thanksgiving when they played the Carolina, Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. Yes. And that's one. This is this is all ag. These guys are playing at. The, I, I'm excited. That's all I gotta say. As far as the defense, I'm excited, but man, this offense—they gotta get rolling some type of way, man. And as far as the running game. I mean, I know what we averaged, like 1.2 yards per carry that game. But what was, what was the average of our running backs? That was bad. It was bad. I, I kind of expected that. Cincinnati coming in, I, I mean, in the pregame show, I talked about it. Yeah. They have a top 10 rushing defense. So I told, I said it, it's going to be tough running the ball. But mm-hmm. I did say that, you know, if this is not working, you know, we got to go to plan B, which is get swept the ball. Guess what? The ball you got to go to <laughs> go to the game plan that worked against um, Baltimore, which is get swept involved in any type of way you could possibly get them involved, which they didn't do. Yeah, it's tough, man. There, do you have uh, Jared Goff throwing forty-eight passes, 42? 42 passes? Game playing versus Detroit Lions offensively is so easy. It's literally just you stack the box, so you don't let them get a run game going. Uh, you you try to eliminate T.J. Hawkinson, and then. The rest is on Jared Goff and the receivers one on one, basically. That's terrible. That's scary. I mean, like it, it doesn't like it sounds like I mean, j- like when Jared Goff's getting one on one looks with receivers and like just one on one versus a corner, you think he should be able to execute some passes, but it's just it nothing's working right now. Yeah, nothing's man. working, and and that's why I want to. You know, it, it's so hard when you break when you're watching film to see. All right, this receiver is running the wrong route. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 hard to tell. So I just wonder how much of that is it that's messing with Jared Goff's head. But some I'm of these never... are just, some of these are clear missed throws, like the T.J. Hawkinson one. That was a touchdown. Yeah, that was a third down. That was on third and eight, and yeah. that could have been a touchdown. T.J. was wide open. He, he was wide open. Goff he just saw put, him. Just... He just put too much on the ball. Completely missed him. Yeah, that was that's on Jared Goff. I think that was just a misfire. But just, I'm more worried about. The shit that he's not seeing. That's the shit that worries me. Like, if he has an overthrow, like, 
Okay. It ha- and all the all quarterbacks have overthrows. Yeah. Uh, Patty Mahomes have overthrows. Everybody has everybody has overthrows. It happens. Every- we watch Stafford, and like we watch Game Stafford is like over throwing the ball over everybody. I mean, it ha- your quarterback is gonna happen. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the shit that's in front of him that he's not seeing. That's the shit that's alarming to me. Like these guys are wide open, right in, right in front of him, and he's missing these guys. That's what's bothering me this season. And I've even when I went back in like to watching Jared Goff in L.A., I didn't see the stuff. I didn't see him missing wide open receivers like this. This is this is bad. This is happening at least at least once or twice every single game since yeah. week one. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I I just don't know. I just don't know what to think of it. I just don't know. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. State of emergency. <laughs> state of emergency. That's what this is. A state of emergency. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, and it's even worse. I think the biggest question move that Brad Holmes did this offseason was restructuring Jared Goff's contract of making it more long term than it actually was. I think that's the biggest head scratcher I have with Brad Holmes right now was him restructuring that deal because realistically you could have gotten out of the deal after this year if you wanted to i knew that was probably never going to happen you would take the five million dead cap if you if you didn't restructure the deal i believe that's what it, the details were but if you didn't if you kept him on the roster in 22 zero dead cap if you caught him after 2022 but now if you cut him after 2022 i don't know the exact numbers right now that's more of peers uh you know forte yeah uh, this is where we miss Pierre at. Right this now. is where we miss Forte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need his numbers right now. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know the exact number, but it, there's definitely now a dead cap if you cut Jared Goff after 2022 with the restructuring uh, of his contract in the offseason, which if they didn't do that, it would be $0, I believe, after 2022 if they, didn't, if they just left the, the deal how it was. Let me ask, did that like relieve some cap room for this year for them to possibly bring in guys? Is that why they, is that the reason why they restructured them? It, it, it was. It was for to have more cap room for this season. Okay. I mean that it, it makes sense cuz I think did, we didn't have Brockers at that time, did we? We did have Brockers. Oh, we did have Brockers. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they needed help to getting somebody, I don't know. Maybe they needed room just in case yeah, just in case room. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I think that's the reason why they because did. Because you have a lot of dead cap right now with all of Patricia and Bob Quinn's fuck ups. So you got a lot of dead cap over there. Tons of it. Oh my god. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. Let me bring up something really quick. I know this is going to be a very early, early, early topic because we're what week six. Yeah. Going and to week seven. going to week seven, and we're t- going to already talking about a lot of people talking about quarterbacks in the draft. Just, just really quick. How do you? Can I? I put up a, a poll about this on my Twitter. Just want to get your thoughts on this. Right now, these guys, I mean, maybe you feel differently. I don't think any of these quarterbacks coming out right now is a top 10 prospect. Do you feel like the Lions should, with the Rams pick, get a quarterback, one of these guys with the Rams pick? With the Rams pick. With the Rams pick or just get best player available, whoever's there that can help the team right now and wait till next year to see if possibly, because we still got two first round picks next year. Yeah. Or should you wait till next year to see if, uh, you know, maybe one of these quarterbacks, maybe they stay, uh, you know, and probably get better. Yeah. I think a lot of these guys are going to stay. Like, I don't see a situation. I don't see a situation that Rattler comes out this year. A lot of these guys, they might stay because I don't think any of these guys solidified themselves as a top top 10 pick. 
in this draft class. Now, maybe a team that's hungry for a quarterback might get a guy early. They're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be quarterbacks always going to go early in the top yeah, 10. Yeah. T- t- as a reach. But yeah. I think a lot of these guys could feel like, all right, if I stay one more year, maybe I could be that definite top pick in yeah, the draft, you know? Like yeah. yeah, so how, how do you feel? Do you think the Lions should reach for a quarterback at the end of this draft with the Rams pick or wait till next year? Absolutely not. If you're not confident with the quarterback you are drafting in the top five, absolutely not. If you think you can get that guy in the late first round, you're not high on the guy enough to, for him to be a franchise quarterback. That's how I always told you. I told you this on Sunday. I, yeah. I have never been in the boat where you take a quarterback in the second round or late first round. You either love the guy or you don't like him enough where he's a franchise quarterback. So I don't touch quarterbacks unless it's like late day three at that point. I, I hate the second round, the third round. Late first round quarterbacks, I absolutely despise it. And I, and I know you're going to get like people are going to tell me, oh, what about Lamar Jackson? Oh, what about Russell Wilson? Oh, what about all these guys? The likely chance of you getting a franchise quarterback that late in the draft is so low. It's already hard mm. enough to hit in the, the early, like top five, top 10. Yeah. Try imagine hitting one in the 30s or 40s or 50s. It's difficult, guys. You just don't touch that. Yeah. That's me yeah. personally. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Like, if you. If you want a quarterback, you trade up to get that guy. Exactly. You go up in the top 10, you get that guy. If you're out of reach, you know, or if you're in that top position, you get the guy, you get the guy when you're in the top 10 pick. But I just don't see, I don't, I don't see a situation right now that any of these guys come out and be like, wow, this is a, your number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. No, I don't you know, see it. No, and if there's a guy that just absolutely kills it from now to the rest of the college football playoffs or whatever, or just the rest of the season, whatever. Then you maybe consider it, but I think it's not even just us saying that we don't think there's a top five college quarterback right now that des- deserves to be a top five prospect, I should say. I think you're you're hearing it around all these like you know big analysis, like all the big scouts, um, Daniel Jeremiah, I think Mike Mike Mayock, all those guys. I think they're they're in agreement that there's just not that that quarterback in this class, and it it sucks for the Lions because they obviously need a quarterback right now, and you're going to have a top pick this year, so it sucks that there's not a quarterback when you're in position to uh, to get one but it's just not a position you reach just to get one you don't just get a quarterback just to get a quarterback you have to love this quarterback and you have to think that this guy is going to be part of your franchise for the next 10 years plus that's how i look at it exactly yeah so, this is not a tryout this is not a trial no, this is not a trial this is not like jared goff hey you, we will throw you in the deal we'll see what you can do for two years that's completely different when i'm drafting a quarterback with the number one pick or the number two pick or anywhere in the top five I love that prospect. I have to absolutely love that prospect, and I have to see a long-term plan where I where I know I'm going to get him uh, another contract and maybe even two contracts, two big contracts. Yeah, I don't mind building, 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 building. Look at the Washington football team. What look at what they're doing? They're just they're just chipping away. They they're going to get to a point of just building, building, building. They're going to get to a point that they're going to be like, look, you insert a quarterback here, and we're contenders instantly. Malcolm, I think another one, too, is like I think we're seeing a little more success with this route as well. It's like you build your team and then you go for a veteran quarterback. Look at the Los Angeles Rams. John Matthew Stafford hits the market. Let's go trade for John Matthew Stafford. And I'm not going to – okay, Matthew Stafford don't hit the market very often. I'm Mm going to bring up guys who just were in bad situations and are doing good now. Sam Darnold. You're trying to tell me if Sam Darnold hit the market, like a guy like that, and say all you have to do is give me a second and a fourth round pick. I, and I think there's a franchise quarterback that was just in a bad situation. Absolutely, I pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, you could and, you know, be. And, and you know who could be out there potentially? It's me and your guy, Tua Tungavailoa. 
If 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 shit hits the fan in Miami, yeah, if, shit hits and, Miami. if shit hits the fan in Miami, Brian Flores is gone, and they're like, you know, the, the whoever the next head coach is. I'm throwing a, a crazy hypothetical right now. Let's say you know two is on the market, and Brad Holmes likes him, and they say, okay, we'll take him for a second round pick. Absolutely, I'll trade a second round pick for Tua Tango Bailoa. Yeah, me too. I might even I trade the, the the late first round pick for Tua. I, I have a feeling there is somewhere Piers listening when he listens to this. Oh, he he's throw up. He's he gonna throw crazy. up. He's gonna throw up. <laughs> he he's not a Tua fan at all. Never been. He, he hates lefties. Yeah. No, um, okay. I, I just brought Tua as an example. I'm saying like just the quarterback in general hits the market. And, like you can go the veteran route. This isn't a bad situation. I, okay, how about this? I'm not a big fan of this guy, but he could be on the market potentially in a couple of years. Daniel Jones. If you like Daniel Jones, if you think he's in a bad situation in New York right now, just like Darnold, you know, he was in a bad situation in on the Jets. I don't. I'm with you. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't, like I don't want. I don't want Daniel Jones. I don't like Danny Dimes. But I'm saying, like, <laughs> if, if there's a veteran quarterback that's in a bad situation, you could always trade for one as well. As far as you know, you don't always have to just draft one. Exactly, man. Keep building, man. Keep building. Keep. Fix this roster, make us to a point that we're like, all right, we're solid here, 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 and here, mm-hmm. but we just need a quarterback. Like I'm telling you, Washington football team, take notes. What the Washington is doing? Indy, Indy, take notes, man. I'm just saying, like they're gonna get to a point. I think Washington probably next year could say, all right, they could just probably add one more piece, and they're gonna they could just say, look, we just need a quarterback, and get their guy, and it's gonna be a wrap because their defense, their front four is insane. I mean, I think it's all first rounders and and on that front four, they're 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 going to be to a point that they're going to be a problem once they get that quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, man. So I'm not rushing to a quarterback if there's not a guy I absolutely love. If there's a guy I love, it's different. I'll take him, but I don't yes, love sir. a quarterback right now, and uh, that could change. I, I, and I don't I think, don't. but I just, I just don't see it changing though. Yeah, uh, from what I saw from Malik, Malik Willis last two weeks. This is not just me watching. Look at the stats. I actually sat down and was like, "All right, let me check out Malik Willis." And wow. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, with that being said, man, let's go on to our oopsie doopsie and baller of the week. All right, let's do it. All right, Malcolm, you got the honors again. Yep. Baller of the week. Who I mean, is this? It? Is a no brainer. No brainer. This is going to go to my guy. Drafted in what? The fourth round? Did he get drafted in the fourth round? Fourth round. Derek Barnes. I mean, I said it earlier in this pod. This brother was all over the field. This brother could cover. He could tackle. Damn it. Give this guy more snaps. He needs to be on the field probably every single play. Passing downs, running downs. Damn it. And even on timeouts, just put him on the goddamn field. I don't, I don't care. Halftime, put him in the field. He needs to be on the field. Every single play, he's 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 a linebacker. He's this is if I'm not sure if you guys remember because I know maybe some of our fan base may be young, but DeAndre Levy, he is our DeAndre Levy right That's now. That's who I grew up with. Yeah, he is our DeAndre Levy right now, and he needs more snaps. He needs to be the the green dot. He needs to be everything right now. So my ball of the week goes to Derek Barnes. Derek Barnes, I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right, and for this week's Oopsie Doopsie of the Week, again, a no-brainer, as Malcolm would say. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Before you announce it, is it <laughs> the, the, rain, the reigning champion? July, Two weeks July. in a row? <laughs> no, well, I mean... He, he... <laughs> He's back? No, I mean, like, I mean, this is going for a two-week two streak. Is, is, is it going to be the same guy? 
Jared Goof. Jared Goof. Oh man. Come on. Yeah, I mean, can I go any other way? Uh, let's see. No, I mean, looking at. Uh... I'm not giving it to Dan Campbell, even though that one fourth down was reckless as hell. I'm not giving it to Dan Campbell. And he got it. He converted. He, he got just, it. He this got is a damn if you do, damn if you don't. If he didn't convert that play, you was about to, you was about to talk mad shit. I'm talking mad shit right now, dude. That's <laughs> fucking reckless. It, it was it was reckless. But Dan Campbell was to a point. Dude, Dan is just pissed off right now. He goes, dude, I I, I can't I can't do this again. Bro, I can't punt one more time. <laughs> bro, bro, and I'm sorry to interrupt your Oopsie Doopsie, but I just want to bring up something really quick, which had me laughing in the inside. Even though I was pissed, it had me laughing inside. I just want you to maybe if you could. Remember this, this this play, okay? And listeners, I want you to just think about this play, and hopefully you remember as well. Um, Cincinnati, they they took a knee on the very the very I guess their last drive, they took a knee. Dan Campbell had all three of his timeouts. Mm-hmm. After they took the first knee, Dan Campbell said, "Fuck you! I'm taking a timeout. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not, you're not, you're not gonna have to, you're not gonna have this. It, it felt like he was the only person that didn't give up." It was like, you know, damn, damn this, you know, you're going to have to beat us. And they ended up, you know, getting first down after that. But he was like, he didn't want to give up. Most mm-hmm. coaches said, fuck, this is over. We have no chance of coming back. But Dan Campbell was like, you know what? You could go to hell with your knees. <laughs> you're going to have to get this first down because we want the ball back. So that, that was that was, that was a chuckle moment because I actually laughed in the inside when Dan Campbell did that shit. Because I could just picture how pissed he was. And he was like, fuck, you know, to hell with this. I'm calling a goddamn timeout. It reminds, it reminds me of Madden. That's uh, I always do. If I'm losing, uh, you're sweating out these timeouts. I'm, you're sweating out these last this last minute. We're we're, no. gonna, we're gonna play till the very end. If I'm getting blown out in Madden, say if I'm losing as bad as the Lions are losing, and they take the knee, I'm like shit, shit, shit with this. Just 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 end this goddamn game. No, no. Because I want I want the guy, me... I want the guy to send me a friendly quit and say, you know what? I respect it. I've never had it before, but I want that to happen one day. <laughs> I'm just, I get I get irritated and I get mad when a person is like, if they're blowing you out and there's like four seconds left on the clock and they throw a touchdown. They're like, what mother mother, <laughs> you know that that irks that. me. That irks that. me. That you play respect. What do you play respectfully? You kneel the ball. I I, I usually do. I run it out or whatever. Kneel the but damn ball. That's, that's like, bro. That's like a um, I want to fight you moment. Fight me! Take <laughs> the loss. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play around. We're not playing real. It's not real football. It's real football. It's disrespectful. But you know, I mean, I, actually, I can't even say that. Did you see Lamar Jackson trying to beat the? They trying to have their consecutive hundred yard rusher or whatever. And uh, the last play of the game instead of that was the against ball, um the Broncos when it gets the Broncos and the yeah, Broncos Big got pissed. pissed. Big yeah. Benji was pissed. That man threw his headset and everything. He was mad. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, back to Oopsie. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Oopsie Doopsie. But yeah, oh yeah, Oopsie Doopsie, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, no explanation. You guys saw what you guys saw. If you guys watch the game, he, he's Oopsie Doopsie week. Jared Goff. He's an Oopsie Doopsie week for two weeks in a row, man. I mean, at this pace, shoot, he's coming for he's coming for the record, right? He may break the record. He might uh, contend with Jelani Tavine, Patricia. Jelani Tavine and, and Map and and Pencilhead. I mean, they hold the yeah, record right the now. Matt Patricia. Almost said it, but no, Pencilhead. Um, yeah, man, this is not looking good for Jared Goff. He needs to turn it around quickly. Can he do it? Versus former team. Yeah, against his role. And we will talk about that on Wednesday. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, there's that. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed. And a very little update. That Bills-Titans game was insane. And your boy hit a small parlay. Your boy hit a small parlay. So. Good man. Good for you, man. So the pickums came out on Monday Night Football two weeks in a row. So we'll take our money and we're gonna we're gonna run away with this so yes, all right so promo code pripod on underdog fantasy ten dollars back on your first deposit of ten dollars or more you could you could use your pickums on hockey is back nba is back nfl is always exciting a lot of sports going on right now so take advantage of that deal of uh underdog fantasy promo code pride pod ten dollars back on your first deposit ten dollars yep. and with that five-star review on apple podcast or wherever the hell you guys are listening hope you guys all enjoyed yep. Derek Goff is your oopsie doopsie of the week and yep. is in lead to win the mvp of oopsie doopsie of the week so or of the year i should say yep. all guys peace all right y'all it's your boy malcolm um like tired said lead those reviews and with that being said man i am out peace